Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Episode 42 of Wrestling 411. We again visit with NCAA Wrestling Committee Chair Brad Traviola to talk about the qualification process. We were getting close to the postseason. All right, the bids were out. Then the conferences had to wrestle through it. We talked with Brad. He was a regular guest during this year, and, and we'll have another one with Brad later on in the archive, but this one from February 26, 2009. Coming to you live, this is the Wrestling 411. Keeping the wrestling community locked down with the latest news and coverage tighter than any pinning combination. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. This is the... 411 Wrestling 411 Lightspeed coverage like electrical bolts We up 24-7 like a heartbeat's pulse And this the 411 if you want the results If it happens on the map then we gotta report And this is wrestling man, the realest sport that's around And if you didn't know about it, this is how it's going down International coverage to them NCAAs Everything on demand and you can have it your way With the latest recruits, rankings, focus, interviews Who, what, when, and where with the latest on the news, want a technique tip or something really entertaining? Here's a double light glass that'll keep you motivated. Got you training like a madman, getting it done on how to break him and take him until you make it number one. Coming fresh up off the press, you were about to get some. And on to the wrestling 411. This is the 411 wrestling. 411. This is the 411 wrestling. 411. You break down what the, each conference has gotten. Do you think, from what you've seen on preliminary numbers, that uh, this system has been fair? Has it been just? Well, it's, it's done what it's supposed to do. Um, you know, we used uh, current year data, which uh, is exactly what the charge was of the committee last year. Um, we have a what we think is a balanced three-prong approach where you have a uh, winning percentage in Division One. You have an RPI, which measures your strength of schedule. And then you have a, a coach's ranking, which uh, really serves as a validation um, uh, of whether or not the, the coaches across the country feel that uh, an individual is, uh, you know, one of the tops in, in the country. So, um, you know, when you take those measurements and you see whether uh, uh, wrestlers uh, reach all three thresholds or two out of the three, um, there's a, a sense of balance there. And so, um, you know, the wrestling committee was pleased and the fact that we were able to get a, um, uh, a total number of uh, positions, uh, 278 allocated in this first wave, if you will, uh, so that a vast majority of these qualifying positions are going to be earned by the wrestlers themselves at their respective conference uh, championships and at the uh, two regionals. So uh, that, that's, that's great. And then, um, you know, the next wave will come uh, a couple weeks from now where the wrestling committee will uh, reconvene in Indianapolis uh, after the uh, conference and, and regionals, and we will fill out uh, each of the 33-person uh, brackets. Well, Brad, it looked like the 
Numbers were 278, as, as they were said, and they were, most of the weights were pretty even. There were, there were 28 qualifiers automatically allocated at four weights, 27 at four weights, and 29 at two weights. The initial thresholds, were there any variance on what was initially released that the threshold would be, or was that changed at all? Uh, not really. You know, we, we looked at it as it is laid out in our, um, our, our guidelines. You know, we looked at it first at the 750 winning percentage, the uh, top 25 of RPI and top 25 of the coaches' rankings. And uh, obviously that's a higher benchmark, and there were uh, a lower number of uh, uh, total qualifiers that uh, uh, reached those thresholds, either at the gold or, or silver standards. Uh, we wanted to get, as a committee, we thought it was good to get in the middle of the range, and so we incrementally notched it up, and we looked at this, uh, what you see before you now, and is in the release, of uh, the, the 725 winning percentage, top 28 in each of the other parameters, and uh, we were pretty smack dab in the middle of the range we were hitting on, and again, we overall, we, we like the idea, and we really buy into the philosophy of letting as many qualifiers as possible be determined by the, uh, the action uh, at the conference championships and regionals. And so the committee's uh, work, although is still uh, critical coming in uh, for the at-large selections in a couple weeks, um, there, there's less reliance on it. Just, uh, you know, uh, on average, or it looks here, the range is going to be anywhere from uh, four to six qualifying positions at any given weight class. Brad, one of the conferences that both Jason and I have covered a lot this season has been the West Regional Last year they had 20 qualifiers. So far this year they have 13. And as you can imagine, there have been a lot of behind-the-scenes conversations between coaches. Uh, have, have you had a lot of these concerns uh, vented to you about how the qualification system will work from a conference like the Southern Conference or the EWL or the West Regional? Have these coaches been contacting you in the recent weeks? Um, not a, a tremendous amount. I, I think uh, my perspective is that, especially in this first year, there, uh, there's really a, a wait-and-see attitude. Um, you know, and, until you know, and again, people, I think people have to understand, this is the first wave and the first wave only. So the, the numbers that you quote for any particular qualifying event, uh, that's the bare minimum that they're going to get. And then the, the, uh, every uh, conference and, and regional uh, will have uh, a second chance at the second wave to uh, compete for those uh, additional uh, qualifying positions in each weight class. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be all speculation between uh, now and then in terms of how many, uh, what the numbers will look like when all of the at-larges are assigned. But for now, what we're looking at is just wave one, and it's just the bare minimum that each, uh, each conference or regional will have. With the Big 12, for example, at uh, 197, all five qualifiers get to go. So if you place in the top five, which there are only five teams in the Big 12, you get to go. But the question we had is, say, for example, Max Askren does not compete at that weight class. Does it mean that the guy that fills in for Max Askren automatically gets to go? Uh, yeah, the uh, one of the parameters, and uh, we, we try to uh, get people to uh, educate themselves, and, and I need to go back to it uh, on occasion as well, but uh, Appendix C in the uh, NCAA Championships Handbook is, is a great document, and, and I believe one of the uh, final uh, things mentioned in there is that anyone who is going to compete at the NCAA Championships must compete themselves at the, uh, at the respective conference or regional. So you can't just... Uh, you know, plug uh, an institution can't plug one wrestler in there during the conference event, and then even if that person qualifies, then plug someone else in at its nationals. It has to be the same person. 
but for example, let's just have, so uh, even if someone fills in, say a, a good example would be at uh, for Missouri, uh, Dominic Bradley and Mark Ellis. If Don, Dominic Bradley gets the nod there, no matter what he places, and I believe the heavyweight division at the Big 12s gets that, they get five. Uh, if Dominic Bradley goes in there, it doesn't matter how he performed throughout the season, he would get to go. Correct. Okay. Just wanted to clarify on that. Another clarification point, 197 at the Big 10s. If the, let's just say, seeds 5 through 8 get to go, uh, just by some chance, 5 through 8, uh, what are the chances that the, the 1 through 4 seeds, if they did not qualify at 197, would get that at-large bid in the Big 10? You know, it's, it's totally dependent on what else happens throughout the rest of the country. Um, you know, one of the, thing, the examples uh, we used uh, last year uh, was, uh, I believe there was a, a middleweight from Wisconsin who uh, was a national, returning national runner-up, returning two-time All-American. He, in that current year uh, of 2007-08, he was ranked currently in the top five at a sky-high winning percentage, great strength of schedule, but he just had a bit bad Big Ten tournament, and he placed uh, either ninth, 10th, or 11th. He, he was not eligible to go to the NCAA championships, and the question was, would that individual have uh, been picked up with one of the at-larges? As we went through the, the, the mock dry run, the wrestling committee last spring, uh, yes, when that individual was um, compared to his, uh, the other people who were on the board and under consideration for those remaining spots, uh, by his work throughout the season, uh, he would have been selected. But you know what, just uh, an example you gave, if the top four seeds at 197 in the Big Ten did not make it, um, you know, they would have to be judged against the other people on the board. If, if the top, you know, uh, if the top seeds in other conferences or regionals also lost and were not picked, it did not earn a spot by their performance at their respective event, they would be going to head-to-head on the, the final six at-large positions at that weight class. So it's, it's, you know, it really depends who is in the, the pool at that time, and we just won't know until the, uh, all the conference events and the regionals are done. One of the conferences that got hit hardest was the Pac-10. They lost several qualifiers from last year, but this is data that is pertinent to what goes on this season, which I think is correct. That's the way that you should approach it. It's not historical data. Do you think a conference like the Pac-10, which has uh, lost Oregon and Arizona State was thinking about dropping, do you think losing qualifiers will hurt this conference? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, that, that's hard to tell. You know, that's one thing that the uh, wrestling committee is very mindful of. If you recall last year as a committee when we proposed this system up through the NCA governance process, uh, we also recommended that we expand the brackets from 33 people each to 36 people each. Because, uh, and again, we, just working on one year's data, uh, we saw at least in that year, in 2007-08, if we would have gone three additional positions deep in each weight class, uh, the vast majority of those pos- additional 30 positions would have gone to, you know, your, your conference and, uh, conferences and regionals that don't have the, the historical strength. 
So, um, yeah, I think if my memory serves correctly, I think three out of the 30 additional positions would have gone to either a Big Ten or Big 12 program, where the remaining 27 uh, went, went elsewhere. And so we thought that, again, only one year's data, but we thought that was a, a way to strike some balance and also uh, address a concern that the committee had that, you know, yes, the charge is to get the best people there, but is it at the expense of maybe a, a, a bigger principle of what's best for the sport? So we're right now, you know, again, we're year one into this. It's not done yet. We're, we're at phase one of year one or wave one, and uh, we want to monitor it. And after the, the this process is complete for this year and, and we uh, have a chance to review the pros and cons of it, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be able to uh, forward some other recommendations if we think it needs tweaking. Now, Brad, one thing that I've noticed in this whole scenario, one thing I really like about the system based on seeing some of the things um, with, with some past data that was being tested around was the diversity in how team how the, the qualifier makeup is. It's not just the ACC gets 14 and they're the champs and then, you know, four wild cards. What I like here is say I'm looking at the Atlantic Coast Conference, which under this scenario has already improved its standing with a initial automatic qualifier system number of 27, but five of those are at 141 pounds, where, say, with last year's system, you'd have, 13 guys that, according to this new system, deserve the go, but only, you know, those 13 would not go. Do you think this justifies uh, and actually rewards programs that are putting money into wrestling, trying to compete on the national scale, uh, national level? Does this even, even the playing field in a lot of the ways with recruiting and such? Well, I, I think it's a, a, I think it's a more fair system, that, and I think everybody would uh, agree to that. Uh, you know, the example you gave uh, the ACC, you're right. In one weight class, they they have five at 141, and then in a couple weight classes, they have one. You know, I, I think it's an example where it, you know, the 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 way the committee has developed this system, it, it is a fine tuning, and so you know, the the better comp, the better weight classes in a conference. Doesn't carry some of the lighter weight, uh, lighter uh, weight classes in a conference. So, you know, I think it's probably a more accurate tool than what we've used before. It's also a more fair tool because it's current year data versus historical data. So, I think, you know, uh, on those two standpoints, it, it's a, a better mechanism. But again, uh, being one year into it, we, we we're not, uh, we don't have the illusion that it's perfect, and that's why we we're committed to monitoring it and see uh, how it can be improved going forward. With the allocation, let's go back to 197 in the Big Ten tournament where four individuals will go to the NCAA tournament from 197. Uh, Placing true fourth is going to be really important here. Does each conference get to decide how they're going to wrestle out for a true fourth or a true second? Uh, Correct. Each conference uh, on its own uh, merits and and its own decision-making process uh, had to notify the NCAA prior, uh, you know, this was months ago, whether they would – wrestle for true placing and it was up to each respective conference whether they wanted to do so it wasn't it's not a requirement so if some conferences want to do it and some don't that's fine but uh you know i think again especially being this first year uh, the committee thought it was good to be proactive to get the tournaments and the coaches groups thinking about this new process and whether or not they wanted to adjust their uh conference uh and regional formats uh for this year when you have this at-large meeting after the conference tournaments take place, what do you think is going to that is going to be like? Do you think this is going to be kind of a uh, mass chaos, or do you think there's going to be a good system on how we allocate the at-large bids? 
Well, I, I certainly hope there's not mass chaos, and I don't expect that there will be. Um, you know, last year we were very comfortable and felt very confident going through that uh, mock run that we did. We, we think that we have a lot of good uh, information, and again, this is a, another opportunity where we'd love, uh, like to thank the uh, National Wrestling Coaches Association and their staff and, and, and all the work that they do in order to get this information available. Without them, it really wouldn't be possible, so kudos to them. Uh, but then in terms of the, uh, the, the in-person at-large selections, um, I don't think the committee is kidding themselves either in, in expecting that this, this will be easy by any means. Um, you know, last year was a mock trial. Uh, this year is the real thing, and, and our decisions will have a uh, direct impact on who goes and who stays. And it's a, uh, a very uh, important role, and it's one that all the committee members take very seriously. And uh, this will be the first time that we do it where it has that, uh, that, that finite meaning. And so, uh, you know, I think we have a, a good, good group of individuals. Uh, all are well-intentioned and, and will be able to put aside their affiliations to their respective schools and conferences. And, uh, you know, I think everyone will be able to fulfill their goals of uh, uh, completing the 33-person brackets and getting the best people to the nationals. Uh, as far as you bring up the selection conference, uh, conference and process and putting the allegiance behind you, what about a situation where, as the East Region, uh, traditionally one of the worst-performing qualifying uh, conferences in the NCAA tournament. I believe they've only had one All-American in the last 11 years, have had a wrestler seated here and there. But they lose one bid, and that's the wild card. But, you know, some of the concern by some of the folks that have been vocal on whether they be emailing us or are critical of the process entirely, are wrestlers, say, from the eastern region that may not be looked at by the coaches, for example, in their vote that are overlooked just because they're at some of these uh, lesser programs, you believe they're going to get the same fair shake if they're on the board? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the, uh, the, the areas that we have identified to get people on the board um, are, are very inclusive. Uh, a couple of them off the top of my head are that, you know, every individual that is just one placing away from earning that automatic spot at their respective event, they're automatically on the board for the committee to be under consideration for the uh, for those at-large positions. Um, if you, instead of, you know, we, for this gold and silver standard, you had to clear two out of the three thresholds. If you clear any one of the thresholds, you're going to be on the board. And these thresholds are actually going to lower to, uh, uh, once again, do a 700 winning percentage, top 33 RPI, or a top 33 coaches ranking. So, again, we're expanding the pool. We want to, uh, from a philosophical standpoint, be as inclusive as we can to get a good mix of individuals to be under consideration for these remaining spots. Then once that pool gets together, and again, no one knows the makeup of those individuals yet, but then we'll look at, okay, what is the head-to-head -head competition that occurred at this weight class among this group of individuals? How did they uh, do against common opponents? What individuals in this pool had victories over people who have already qualified and are in the nationals? So, you know, that's the kind of process, and those are the kinds of issues that the uh, committee will be discussing uh, when we uh, get together in Indianapolis for those uh, at-large selections. What has been the biggest thing you've been most positively surprised about when all these, when all these numbers shook out? Um, you know, it, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I don't know if surprised is the right word, but I was pleased that you know, last year, my biggest, my biggest fear going into this year is that we only had one year's data to work with to come up with this new system. 
And, you know, what if we had these threshold measures at 750, top 25, top 25, and, you know, it produced 400 people that cleared them all? Or if it, you know, only produced uh, 200 people that cleared them all? You know, was uh, the 2007-08 season uh, an anomaly and, and really not a, a statistical norm? So, um, you know, this year when we got the numbers all in and they were remarkably similar to what we saw last year in terms of, you know, the thresholds and what types uh, or the quantity of wrestlers that it identified per weight class, um, you know, I, I think that it, uh, in looking at what it produced this year, it produced exactly what it was intended to do is, you know, from a feeling of the coaches who the best wrestlers were, from, from a uh, uh, winning percentage, you know, how the performance the, in wins and losses, how that was measured, and then, you know, using the strength, of, uh, a new strength of scheduling component, um, you know, we think that so far so good in terms of year one of this new system. And, again, the, the very important phase two is filling out the brackets in a couple weeks, and, and we'll see how that goes uh, when that time comes. Brad, when I look at this new system and I see the breakdown, I like how this is working out. I think it's equitable. I think it's fair. But also when I see it, first thing I think about is, man, this would be cool if we could have a dual meet championship because you'd eliminate this. You'd have 10 guys against 10 guys. Any more uh, chance that we might uh, have that realization in the next few years? Well, and, um, you know, I, I love the, uh, the folks at the NCA and I'm, you know, the big all conferences. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All member institutions are part of the NCA, but, uh, but I, I've said this before. The NCA governance, you know, it, it moves by at glacial speed. Um, it, it's un, sometimes it's unfortunate when you have some excitement and you have some momentum and you want to try to accomplish some, th some things. Um, you know, we really believe that having an NCAA-sponsored uh, uh, dual-meet championship it would, it is a key component to helping wrestling get a, a stronger foothold in, in the media presence and even just what's good for the sport. We think it would be outstanding. Um, you know, our time as a committee, you know, over the last uh, really 24-plus months, has been this qualifying formula, and we've given the NCA kind of advance warning that, you know what, the dual meet championship's important. We think it's something you should study. We've actually uh, been, you know, the, the NCA staff associated with wrestling is excellent as well, and they've done a, a good job of doing some initial due diligence as to, uh, you know, just looking at the current uh, setup that the Coaches Association runs, uh, looking at the finances, looking at the tournament. They were actually out there this year looking at the tournament setup and how things have worked out at uh, Cedar Falls. And, um, you know, we're gathering information. So, uh, again, this year's uh, annual meeting of the committee come April, you know, one big charge will be to look at this past year's uh, first use of the new system. 
But in addition to that, you know, what's next uh, on the horizon? And, and I personally believe that uh, having an NCAA dual meet championship is at the top of that list, and, and I'd be fully supportive of trying to get that done. Brad, I'm going to shift gears back to the qualifier system again. And as I look at some of the, the breakdowns per weight, I think it's kind of odd that, well, not odd, but I think it, it basically shows that the power structure is not always in certain places, whereas the Big Ten, as Kyle mentioned, at 197 pounds has four qualifiers. The Big 12 has five, but the ACC is right there with four, and so was the Colonial Athletic Association. So uh, do you think the dynamic and the diversity per weight class is going to be exciting from a fan standpoint? I would think so. Um, I, I really would. I mean, I, you know, what will be interesting from a, a, someone going to a, a conference tournament this year, um, and, and I'm visioning Big Tens just because I, I've been involved with the, the Big Ten tournament for so long now, but, um, you know, if I'm sitting in the stands and I'm used to uh, getting 72 qualifiers, the top seven go, and then I know the coaches would have decided the, uh, the wild cards at the end, you know, that final day, you want to see, you know, obviously the, the competition, but those seventh place matches and every, every weight was exciting because it was determining who was definitely going and, and who had to kind of sit and wait. Um, you know, this time around, you know, sometimes it's the, the fourth place match. Sometimes it's the eighth place, you know, seventh place match. You know, it's, it's all over the place, you know, where that critical junction, uh, juncture is. And so, uh, you know, that'll be interesting from a, a fan standpoint within a conference. I think, you know, crosswise among all conferences, um, again, I, I think the tool and its ability to uh, drill deep in a particular weight class and divvy it up where, um, you know, you can be high in one and, and low in another, um, I think it's a more accurate reflection of the current quality of the, the, the wrestlers in the system. So I, I think that the, just the fact that's more accurate is going to give more credibility uh, to, to this whole process. Some coaches call it the hidden seed, and that is you can't wrestle someone from your own conference in the first round. Does that still play out with this new qualification system? Yeah, that's not changed at all. Okay. And, uh, you know, I really wish I had some uh, tough question for you from Chuck Yegla, but uh, I don't. I know that uh, we wanted to grill you with those, but uh, unfortunately I don't have any of those for you today, Brad. You know, uh, that's fine. I'll see Chuck in a couple weeks, and I'm <laughs> sure he'll grill me privately. <laughs> uh, Brad, a couple, follow, a couple final, final thoughts on this system in terms of as it relates. What's one, one thing the wrestling fans are, you know, there's as, – there's an inner and there's an out, and they want to bring up this whole regional thing and how this RPI, oh, this is this all math, this is all fuzzy math, this is smoke-filled back rooms and decisions. How beneficial has it been to this system to release the coaches' rankings and release the RPI throughout the year, even though it was only a couple times after January? Uh, what basically went into that? Why were they released at the times they were, and what were the benefits of actually being able to release those so this wasn't catching everybody by surprise? Right. Well, the intent was to do a, a two uh, releases prior to the one that really counted as a means to, one, to educate folks, you know, whether it be fans, uh, wrestlers and coaches themselves, uh, the media. Uh, we wanted, because it is such a new concept and a new system, and it's radically new from anything that goes on uh, with NCAA sports, uh, we thought the, the earlier we get out in front of that, the better. Um, in addition to that, you know, we also had to educate the coaches on their role when it comes to uh, the coaches' ranking panel. You know, there's uh, two coaches, uh, or five coaches, rather, from every conference and regional. Uh, they're assigned two weight classes each, and they 
on, on both of the uh, early releases and on this final one, they had to charge to go into a password-protected website. They had all the data at their fingertips. They, they had some pretty cool tools at their disposal to compare uh, wrestlers in any given weight class. And they had to go in and rank kids uh, 33 deep in those two weight classes they were assigned. So we felt that having them being able to have two times to practice and go through the process and do the research and post their uh, votes uh, prior to the, the third time when it uh, really meant who was uh, going to be allocated the qualifiers, we thought that was important too. So really it was twofold. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, as we look towards next year and uh, how we do this process, um, you know, I, I think looking back right now, I think it was beneficial to go through both of those for the reasons I just mentioned. Um, I, I think we'll get better at it, and I think we'll get more efficient at it. You know, we'd, the first couple times this year we would do a poll on a Monday, and it wouldn't be till later on that week we were able to uh, release it um, just for some logistical reasons. But I, I think that we'll be able to do it a little quicker and, and have it be uh, uh, released a little more uh, uh, Quickly, so that you know the the, re, the the ranking that was done on a Monday is going to come out prior to the next weekend's competition, so that uh, you know you don't have something floating out there a week later that uh, doesn't include or is not uh, doesn't include the most recent results. How about future sites of the NCAA tournament next year? Omaha, Philadelphia in 2011. Uh, any idea where we're going to have the NCAA Division One tournament in the coming years? Well, I believe the, uh, the year after that, uh, the NCAA announced this fall that it's back in St. Louis for one additional year. Uh, and so there's an additional year that was capped on. And then uh, I think we're about a year away from uh, going out and, and doing a uh, proposal, request for a proposal process on, on, on future years. Terrific. I think uh, we've covered a lot of ground here. Jason, any more questions on your end? Well, as I'm, I'm looking through in the last couple things that, that stick out is – the negative aspects of, of people that are eventually going to try to manipulate the system for their benefit. I've, I've basically been telling, you know, the coaches I've talked to and that might be complaining to me about it, and I've explained it's like it does coaches no good to try to manipulate or cheat a system that's in its first year. Uh, for example, say if there's a medical forfeit in the final at a weight where a guy's already going to, he's probably going to get that at large. Uh, what, it, what deters that type of uh, being? Obviously, you're going to be thrown into the pool with the rest of the guys, but uh, why should coaches give this an honest chance for those of those that might be considering, uh, you know, maybe a questionable ethics move? Well, I think the, um, you know, the, the, the system was put into place with the support of the coaches. And, you know, the appeal the uh, wrestling committee made to the NCAA governance process and the administrators that approved this was, you know, this is uh, an example of the wrestling community trying to help itself. Um, you know, we've come up, with, you know, for a number of years, uh, under the old system, there was a lot of infighting, you know, whether regionals or the status quo um, and, and things like that. And, um, you know, we finally came up with a system that had broad support. And, you know, the, the quality of the system and how it is um, accepted really is in the hands of the coaches themselves. I mean, if you think about it on a couple different levels, um, you know, the, the, the coaches are, are critical to these numbers that were just released because their ranking panel has a, a third of the weight. And I would argue even more after looking at the details of the, uh, uh, of the votes and, and of how they are used with the RPI and the winning percentage, the, the, co the coaching ranking is critical. So, I mean, the, the coaches have a lot of control over this. 
Um, I'm convinced that, you know, regardless of the system, whether it's the old system, whether it's the new system, whether it's regional system, whatever, I mean, coaches automatically, and, and it's human nature, you're going to start, once you understand the system, once you uh, 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 kind of look at that and look at your coaching philosophies, you're going to look at ways to get advantages over your opponents within the system and within the rules. And I'm not saying that's bad at all. I mean, there's uh, with any system, there is wiggle room and there's strategies that you can do in scheduling, that you can do in training, that you can do on a number of different levels that you feel will better your program's chances to uh, perform out, out at the NCAAs or at your conference tournaments. So that won't change at all. Um, I do believe, though, that, and, and I think this is the point you're getting to, um, you know, you, you can't stop that, um, but I, I think the, uh, the, the main thought here from a committee standpoint is, you know what, we have kind of put ourselves out there to the NCA uh, governance process and the, the people that the wrestling committee reports to saying, we've come up with a system that has the support of the coaches group, has the support of our administrators, it has the support of the wrestling community, we're going to do this ourselves. It's outside the box, it has been done before, we're working with the coaches association, you know, here's, here's this prepackaged uh, uh, new system that we have a lot of faith in, and it's only going to be as good as the people who make this up. And, and our coaches have such a pivotal role in there. You know, we won't be able to do uh, uh, coaches' rankings if the coaches don't vote. We won't be able to assign the, uh, the qualifiers unless the coaches participate. So they're, they're involved in so many steps of the way. Uh, and their participation is critical. You know, the, the success or the lack of success of the program is uh, directly tied to, to how well they're able to perform. I mean, do they do the research and do they um, uh, put in the time to uh, rank the kids, you know, uh, the, the way they should? And, uh, again, I think by and large our, our coaches do. I think the, exce uh, the exceptions, if there are any, um, are, are, are very remote. So I think this first year has been a great first step. And, uh, again, I have high expectations and would expect nothing less of our coaches going forward. I think that does it for me. Jason, any uh, other questions or insight you want to get from Brad? He's given us uh, quite a bit in a short period of time here. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming on, obviously, so quickly after the qualifiers were released. This has obviously been a topic that uh, I know we, um, Kyle and I, have been waiting on. I actually woke up early this morning anticipating the the release of this because it's been basically our uh, topic of conversation almost every show and I, I really believe this thing is going to work and I've stressed this point to those that are immediately complaining about it but I'm looking forward to finally seeing some real wrestling discussion about uh, some on the bubble talk uh, after after the qualifiers uh, this coming weekend in the Pac-10 and then the following weekend for the rest of the 10 qual uh, qualifier conferences so Brad I Appreciate you taking the time to come out on what was probably a very busy day there at the Big Ten and the NCAA. Well, it's been my pleasure. Uh, I like uh, really enjoy your guys' show and uh, appreciate what you do for the sport of wrestling. Thank you so much, Brad. And uh, I just have to ask, under your breath, are you going to be cheering for Northwestern at the NCAA tournament? I have 11 children I love equally here at the Big Ten Conference, Kyle. <laughs> All right. That's a nice politically correct answer. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. Well, I appreciate you coming to the program, Brad Traviola. Head of the NCAA Wrestling Committee, thank you for being on the program. Thank you, guys. And, Jason, as we kind of wrap up here, I think it's interesting as we look at this data. My initial thought when I saw this was, I think this is a good thing. I think it was a good change. I've been and telling you that all year. I know, but, but, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's, it's but good to see the numbers. It's good to see some numbers come through. As, 
is here's what jumps out at you on this on this thing right here. What number jumps out at you specifically? You mentioned the big Big Ten at 197 with only four automatic qualifiers. Here's the number that jumps out at me is that going into the Big 12, for example, like 197, 285, the mindset almost that, and, 165. and 165, the mindset that you're going to qualify for the NCAA tournament no matter what you do. But here's the thing. I don't think it makes those matches any less important. It does Because then, now you just have to worry about winning because now the seeds are up, up to play. You want a good seed at Nationals. You do. So but, I think this is a situation where, yeah, if you're going to qualify uh, four or five guys and you're a small conference, like I was making the point yesterday about the Colonial Athletic Association at 197 pounds. They got four uh, automatic qualifiers. But then there's guys in there. You've got Jesse Strawn from Old Dominion. You've got Mike Miller from Ryder. Joe Faggiano from Hofstra. You've got John Hall from Boston University. You've got Kale Byers from George Mason. And you've got John Opplinger from Drexel. Five of those guys have been to the national tournament before. Mm-hmm. And you've got six quality 97-pounders in an eight-team conference. You know, I think Hall, uh, you know, whoever finishes fifth and whoever finishes sixth, I think is still going to have a pretty decent shot I, don't, I think Miller's probably the odd man out there because he doesn't have as many matches at 97. He qualified two years ago at 184 and after a redshirt year. But, man, I, I think that type of situation shows that any conference, whether it's the Big Ten has seven, eight great 97-pounders or they have just two, I think the ACC or the CAA or even the East Regional, I'm waiting to see how many East Regional kids get bids because I know at 25, there's two kids that probably could qualify. I think injury has kept one out from, from reaching one of those thresholds. And even if you get upset, even if one bad match ruins your weekend from any conference, you're still probably going to, if you've met those thresholds throughout the year, your whole year does not make it nothing. When North Carolina round ball loses in the first round of the ACC tournament, they do not not go to the NCAA championship. So this rewards the entire season. And you know what? It still makes you wrestle. It still makes you earn it. So if you do have a slip, it's not all for naught. And that's one thing I like about it. And another thing I'm waiting for is the 52 qualifiers, the 52 at-large the day after, day or two after the national, there's going to be some real lively discussion on that. Well, and the other thing I like too, talking about the Big Twelve specifically, two points. Jack Spates always said this: is that if you have five quality guys at a weight class and they are good enough to go, they should all go. His theory plays out here, and I think but that's if uh, that's, they deserve to go, they deserve based to go. on just because they wrestle at Oklahoma or Missouri or, or the other Big Twelve schools doesn't mean they're necessarily deserving to go because the conference is that tough. Correct. You wrestle only you wrestle the Big Twelve four times, five times, unless you're Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. So the rest of your schedule, you can't just say, "Well, we got a tough conference." Well, one forty nine is the example there. Two yeah, qualifiers two. for the Big Twelve, so they because deserve you, to go. Honestly, look at that weight class of the Big Twelve. It's not very good. No, it isn't. And so two get to go there. And then the other thing I like is that, especially in the Big Twelve, I'll tell you what: those seeding meetings, not the seeding meetings, but the wild card oh, meetings, they, they got heated. They're brutal. They were brutal, and this is going to eliminate that. And it's going to eliminate situations. And I hate bringing this young man up, but I, and as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to mention my name, but it's going to prevent a wrestler with a sub-500 record from getting a wild card into the national championship. Ridiculous. So, so this is basically, you deserve to go. Hey, Billy Chamberlain of du- from Duquesne, for example, if you deserve to go and you win the conference, good, you're there. If you don't, you're still on the board because that, that's the type of wrestler from the East region that has hit a threshold or two. So he's going to be on the board. He's going to hit a threshold. So he's going to be on the board, and he's going to be noticed. So whether you get in or not, you know, there's still going to be people complaining about the system regardless because it's either going to screw their team in their eyes. And you know what? Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a situation where one kid gets left, one quality kid gets left out of this whole scenario. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But there's 330 qualifiers. 
do they, 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 they rant about the 65 or how many teams is that? Is it the field of 65 now with round ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they got that one play-in game with the two-week sisters conference. You know, case in point, they still get the chance to go. But of that 65, there's still like 30 other teams complaining about why they should get in. I think wrestling with this system is going to eliminate that list that I'd put together for years of quality kids not going. Yeah. And I think it's going to shrink it down to maybe one or two. And you got to look at it. Well, what happened to them down the stretch? They can probably the onus can probably be put on the athlete or just having a bad, you know, just a slump. But I think ultimately we're going to see a lot of our questions answered. We're going to see a very diverse system because I like the fact that I'm going to see five kids in the ACC at 41 and only one at 100 uh, from the EWL. Not saying no disrespect to the EWL, but honestly, I'm one of those guys that likes seeing different teams out there wrestling in, in the second round or like who is this kid. Who, what singlet is that? You know, there's going to be Duke's going to have probably have their first qualifier since 2004 when Frank Cornelli qualified at 84, and he beat one of my uh, one of my guys. So, it's it's going to be good to see. I think we're going to see more representation. We're still waiting to see what this can do for recruiting now that we've seen it in practice. Because I'm waiting for obviously the Wagner colleges of the world to be able to have a kid or two take a chance in the school, wrestle a good enough schedule, win enough matches to get in through this system. Well, and we, we keep talking about 197 at the Big Ten, but it's a great example. Think how important the consolation semifinals are going to be at the Big Ten tournament at that weight class. Yeah, you lose in the yeah. semis, and boom, you're right there. You've got to right come there. back. you got to come back. That's so. not. A, you get to the semis, you should be like, all right, I'm good. I can injury default out. Now, you know what? Nope. No. It doesn't happen that way. It does not happen No, 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 that no, 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 no. You, sir, are going to wrestle to earn your spot. That's right. Now, in other weights, I mean, even in the, uh, like, for example, like at 149, your Concy semis, mm-hmm. only only five are going to go. I mean, automatics. That's all, that's only going to happen at three weights. So that fifth place match is going to mean something. Now, in, in, in all likelihood, the Big Ten is going to pick up a lot of those at larges. At least one across. I think almost one away, depending on Probably. who takes it. Probably. I mean, if you have the last place guy in the Big t- uh, Big Ten taking fifth at two eighty five or at one ninety seven, yeah. I think it's they're less inclined. So that's where it's going to get funny if they're going to take in the wild card situation. Are they going to go in order the ranking, uh, uh, the finish? Because if the top four placed the Big Ten, and the fifth place guy is under 500, and the sixth place guy was ranked higher, are they going to take the fifth place guy and the sixth place guy? Or are they going to take the sixth place guy over the fifth place guy? So interesting. It's going to it's going to see. It, there's more questions about the system after we're done with it. We've got the nuts and bolts of the matter. We know who's going. At least we know 278 have been allocated. The last 52, hey, we get to use it finally in wrestling or on the bubble. Where's That's my right. question? On, on the, the bubble. bubble. On the bubble. Bubble. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a graphic for that anyway. But that wraps up our, our abbreviated edition of Wrestling 411 Radio. For all our sponsors and Brad Traviola, our guest, and Kyle Klingman, I'm Jason Bryant. We'll be hitting the road to Rochester if it ever stops snowing. For the National Junior College Athletic Association Championships, you're listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. We'll see you on the road. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. 